Mana 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 this is social disgusting. Welcome to Social Disgusting, a podcast where my guests and I discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves. I'm Brandon, aka Brandon. I hope you're well. Dot dot dot. In this new year, my guest is a returning one, having previously appeared on episode 63, a scant 867 days ago. He's a filmmaker and a playwright who, since we last spoke, among other things I'll inevitably miss. He got married, got a dog, launched his production company, Not Impossible Productions, had his adaptation of Spacemen of, or Spaceman, Men? Man, of Bohemia, made into an upcoming film, Spaceman, starring Adam Sandler, Carrie Mulligan, and Paul Dano, man alive. Just recently, it was announced his script, Blink of an Eye, which was featured on the 2016 Blacklist and discussed on this very show, is being made into a, wait, I lost my line, damn it. Is being directed by a two-time Academy Award filmmaking winning filmmaker Adam. I gotta just, I gotta calm down. Just recently, it was announced his script Blink of an Eye, which was featured on the 2016 Blacklist and discussed on this very show, is being directed by two-time Academy Award winning filmmaker Andrew Stanton. And last, but certainly not least, he made the great short film Lead Follow, which takes us through the archetypal stages of a new relationship in a single uninterrupted shot and told through dance. It's out now. Link in the show description. Go there now. It's so good. Please welcome back, Kobe Day. Welcome. Wow, I what an honor to hear my accomplishments. Uh wow, great great intro. I'm I'm jazzed. I'm energized. <laughs> good. Usually people like that um and it's good for me too cuz I'm like it gives me the sense of holy it it kind of quantifies the unquantifiable to me time of 867 days. I'm like, well, "Oh I yeah, okay, these number. are these are what we oh, think." Oh man. Yeah, I heard that number and panicked. <laughs> yeah, I did too. It was so long ago, too, that when I initially was about to read episode 63, I almost innately said 163 because this will be episode like 210. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm an early, so, I'm an early appearer, I guess. If I'm in the first yes. hundred, that feels like I'm a, I'm an original guest almost. You are, you were OG. from the crop when I had no concept of what I was doing. <laughs> and now I have a minimal amount. I say that, and that's just that's unfair, even to me. Now as you much are as I'm... continuing to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to lower expectations. So then, if I'm like, if it's decent, then it's just like, oh, that was good. You know, it's like yeah. I got to be more more kind to myself. That's my got to be my goal in 2023. No, I hey, I emailed you. I wanted to come back. I was ready to talk more. I was glad you did that too, because like I said before, and this is true. That when, when you talk to, when I, in my experience, have talked to creative people, it's, again, it's like, I enjoyed that conversation. I want to talk to them again, but you have to wait for the next thing. And then I saw, like, the day prior to you messaging me that your short film was actually coming out. I was like, here it is. Here's the chance. And then you, you messaged me, and I was like, oh, that's yeah. amazing. I was about to message you about that, so it's perfect. Yeah, no, it's the same on the other side. I, I've been wanting to talk to all my friends in podcast land for a long time, and yeah. you've got to save up. You don't want to burn your uh, burn your appearance on just hanging out. you gotta, you got to be <laughs> plugging. you got to be plugging. I'd say that is the nature of podcasting is that if I message you saying, hey, do you just want to talk for an hour? It's like it, there is a small part of, wait, what? But then it's like for a podcast, you're like, well, yeah, that's how we do yeah, it. Absolutely. This is what it is. This is business, baby. This is capital TG, the game. So that's what we do. <laughs> we are on here grinding. This is our yes. set. 
Mm-hmm. No, this is fun, but this is mainly business. So, <laughs> you know, never the t- the twain shall meet. We gotta be yeah. serious about this. I we are not on video, but I am in a full suit and tie. <laughs> okay, perfect. I'm in a tux. We are both tux and tails. Yes. Got a top hat. Even got a cane, even though I'm sitting. But it's good enough. We gotta start somewhere. So I think even way back when, I was still asking this deeply unfair question. But both, how are you, and how have you been, for that matter? How am I? Um, I'm a little. I'll give you the moment, the the snapshot of this exact moment, and then we'll do a general. I'm so tired because I was just directing a sketch show for UCB uh, Theater in LA, which is back. Um, there's yes. UCB 4.0. I don't even know if it's 3.0 or 4.0 now, but they're back. Um, and I was doing a 24-hour sketch show that was, they get the prompt, they write it, and then you put it up the next night. So I'm worn out. Um, but it was super fun. And generally, I am doing really well. Hearing that list of what has happened in the last 800 some odd days, I'm doing great. Good. Good. I mean, it, it sometimes it helps to have somebody else collate that list of everything you've done in a very specific span of 867 days. Yeah, it puts there it into perspective. Yeah. That's quite a bit. That's a lot of good stuff. Personal and all business. Yeah. It's a lot. It's Pretty too nice. many things, but they're all exciting stuff. Pretty good, though. That's, I mean, <laughs> I'd say that. Pretty good, though, and you have a, a feature that is finished and waiting to be released sometime this year. Correct. Starring Adam Sandler, which in and of itself is, frankly, a holy shit. Because um, I, I know that you're uh, a fan of an American love, icon. Yep. He is a, a one of the capital M, capital S movie stars. Yeah. No shit. It's funny too that I think that, yeah, it would have been like a couple months after we spoke. <laughs> I saw on Netflix, uh, Hubie Halloween. It was one of the most cathartic experiences I had in the first year of a pandemic. I cried laughing. It was amazing. Hubie an Halloween. amazing experience. I the our I think our movie was announced right as uh, Hubie Halloween came out. I think that that's when Space Man got announced, and so it was really cool to um see yeah i was uh it was october 2020 i think right that yeah yeah crazy Mm -hmm. long ago it was like october 27th i think something like that wow 2020 and we had talked august 30th at that point it was all ready to be announced everything involving that when we spoke when we spoke in August, it was already happening. This is sort of the secret sauce of of the movie press business is I had finished, I had basically finished writing the movie in like May of 2020. Um, okay. And then when you announce a movie, it's it always is like, and so-and-so will pen the script. And That's what I'm I curious had, about. I'm so glad you said that. I'm always curious about that. Yeah, and then I had so many friends be like, "What movie is this? <laughs> Did you write? Are you writing another movie?" <laughs> and I'd be like, "No, I wrote it. It just they don't generally report like and so and so did this months ago." <laughs> yeah. So I was basically when it was announced, I was essentially done working, if not totally done. It was very close to done. Um, and uh, yeah, October we were 
we did not yet know that Sandler would do it, but the the movie was pretty much ready to go um, in the springtime, and then the fall is when they started to really talk about it. What was the feeling when he signed on? Um, I was at uh, Sundance uh, seeing, I was in line to see a movie. I, so I guess I'm trying to backtrack the timeline. This yeah. is 2019. They announced the movie w- knowing that it would be Sandler. I have the timeline wrong because this is years ago. I... Um, I was at Sundance 2019 and I got a call from the producer as I was like waiting to go in and see a movie, uh, and like walking into the theater and he was like, Oh, Adam Sandler wants to do it. And I was like, uh, I have to go. The movie's starting goodbye. (laughs) And then I, and then I sat through a film, like trying to wrap my head around the fact that our little indie space movie had become a giant Adam Sandler potential (laughs) movie. Like, did you say Adam Baldwin or Adam Sandler? Which I truly, um, you know, he is someone I, I so greatly admire and think is so, so good as a comedic and a dramatic actor. And um, the book is about a Czech astronaut. And so at no point in our early conversations were any of us sort of considering, well, what about Adam Sandler? <laughs> um, <laughs> this is a Sandler vehicle, very classically. So, yeah. Yeah. A, a, uh, a heady uh, com- comedic drama about, uh, you know, like... Um, uh, legacy, <laughs> um, yeah. but he is so he was so right. He's so right for it, um, and he's so talented. And it it really blew my mind. And I uh, I just sat watching a different movie, thinking about how insanely lucky this felt that he would want to do this weird space movie. Um, but I think every great actor should go to space once. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, does that change at all, like, your perception of what you've written when you think about it through the prism of somebody like an Adam Sandler in that case about an actor you never pictured delivering those lines? It was a weird trip. Yeah, it, it there are certain things I've worked on where you know, oh, this would be perfect for this kind of person. But I I also tend to write not knowing exactly who it would be. And I think that's coming from the theater world I'm used to writing a show and then getting the cast after and then needing to work with, okay, well now that I know it's Adam, like what, what is the character like? Um, So I do think it, it did a, I do think it caused us to kind of spend a month going back and thinking about, okay, well, what is, what is Sandler really good at? What is Sandler um, bringing to this already? I think like the best movies, know who the movie star is and use that to their advantage and so I think Sandler brings something very specific to roles and I do think that we we waited to do any rewrites on the movie until we knew who the lead was Um, and then once we knew it was Sandler we we kind of wrote around oh okay well is this a good moment for Adam Sandler? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah which enough. is such a crazy mental exercise to do as a human being. <laughs> no shit. Oh, do you, when you're doing that too, are you, were you like at all like revisiting his work to get a, a reminder of what he's done, what he can do, what you think he could do, that type of stuff? I feel um, 
like I'm a pretty well versed in the in the Sandler verse. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, automatically already, just because I do think that he's he really is one of my one of my favorite um, comedic and dramatic actors. Um, uh, so I didn't need to revisit anything, but there were things that I I just knew like oh his face will communicate this so well or. Um, you know, I think a lot of it was sort of thinking about like what uh, what can we give him, what more can we give him to do? You know, how much mm-hmm. more can we push him, and um, uh, how much more can we lean into like I don't know, just yeah, knowing exactly what he's capable of, which is so much. Yeah, I mean, to say the least, like because uh, I always think about that too when you know the great writers and the great uh, directors both know what the stars of their films or the different actors of their films have done but mm-hmm. and what they can do but also the sense of what they what they haven't done but can do you know what they can thrive in yeah and yeah. i always love that because it to bring something else out in somebody that you know was in there that just maybe hadn't been tapped for whatever reason is really exciting yeah i just revisited punch drunk love um really recently and sitting and watching it it was this like oh here's part of why paul thomas anderson is such a gifted filmmaker is he can he can pinpoint exactly what an actor is capable of doing that they haven't done yet (laughs) and it is like this weird superpower he has of like oh i can get i could get adam sandler to do this much more than i've ever seen and I do think that the best movies that have movie stars are are weirdly always also about the movie star. Um, and so you kind of just have to lean into like utilizing what they bring. It really is incredible. Um, and speaking of just PTA, but any director or I guess creator that can do that because to know what's in there, you know, like, but also how to get that out of them. It's is extraordinary. I, it's a yeah, gift. I, it really is. I had a friend. I have a friend who's trying to direct his first feature, and he's going and meeting. You know, you have to go and like meet actors without auditioning them because they're, you know, he's a first time director. So you're kind of like trying to get people who who would be the person who like makes the movie happen, and they're important. Yeah. And there's a weird power dynamic there. But you also are trying to suss out like without asking this person to audition for me can they do <laughs> can they yeah. do what i need them to do do i see what i need to see and it is such a weird um skill set that i think great directors either have or have learned to do is just to to know the limits of an actor it's really hard just the idea of i mean and granted you're there's going to be some familiarity with their work at that point but to see that but then to try to uh, project that onto your own thing, but do it through the prism of just having met them personally, not even seeing them do it. Like, I can't even imagine. That's what I was trying to ask him is like, do you gain anything from that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was like, um, no, I. it's been easier for me to just sit and watch everything they've done. And if I sit and watch everything they've done, then I know. But to sit in a room with someone seems like it's not the easiest to then translate like... You know, yeah. sitting and talking to someone is a different mode than like <laughs> your performance in a film. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's just like, how are you? Skill. And then get a sense of it's can you get a can sense they of if they're good at their job? Yeah. 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 It feels like maybe to your point, like you're getting a sense of whether you can work with them 
Yes. But does that mean it'll translate to doing the work that you're trying to intend to do? That's And I do think it's important to suss out will we like each other because you're sure. gonna you're getting married. You're gonna be together for a long time to make a movie. Yeah, <laughs> I mean from from pre production and everything else, but also to promotion, like everything. You've gotta it's gotta really meld. But yes. I would imagine too, yeah, you gotta be able to communicate, get through to them just as a starting point to be able to get the ideally the performance you're looking to get out. It just I, I don't know, I guess it's just a reminder that every miracle movie is a miracle. They and every really facet are. of it are subsets of miracles within miracles within miracles. Any anybody who works on a film at any point is the person who can make or break the film. <laughs> yeah. It really is true. If there I don't think there's any other medium where the the writer, the director, the actors, the editor, the composer, the sound mixer, like every person's job, they kind of like crack their knuckles and are like, well, without this part, this will suck. And it's true, <laughs> which is so crazy. Just think about it too, that, that uh, in past years that I might've been harder on a movie, just be like, it, not out of a place of, of hating it or wanting to hate it, but more of a I wanted better for it type thing, mm-hmm. and which is still an unfair perspective. But my point of saying that is that in recent years, it's that re- reminder of how impossible these things are, let alone what it is to get it made, let alone what it is to finish it, promote it, get it out there, get people to watch it, but then also it be good, if not great, if not a masterpiece, whatever. But all of that just reminds me of like every movie, even the worst movies in the world have some moment, something great about them regardless of what it is so i guess all of that is just so aggrandizing way of saying i don't shit on movies and i'm a good person aren't i (laughs) no it's just like like it's just a reminder that it's all so impossible it's really hard to make movies i i think that as i've gotten older and as i've started to work within the machinery of what it's like to make a movie more i the stuff i appreciate so much more is stuff that is a little messy and doesn't quite work but is ambitious and i think that movies that are really taking a swing even when they don't connect are a lot more satisfying to me today as a viewer than something that just like executes perfectly but is kind of straightforward i really admire a film that takes some crazy chances (laughs) and hey if they got it they made it they it's impressive to me yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Like, uh, and I know you you mentioned this in a tweet earlier this year, but Barbarian, I was, oh, love I it. loved everything about it. It was so good, but the shifts in it, it's so, it's an incredible movie. Like, it's so impressive. It's so impressive. Barbarian but something like that, really to your point, remarkable. Yeah, and I think is a really good example of a film that's trying some crazy stuff out. And um, you could argue whether every single decision is the the perfect decision but it is making really cool decisions and i i admire it so much what a cool fun movie it really is and um i just like that description of it where they said maybe it was zach craiger that described as this but that it's upstairs it's fincher downstairs it's sam raimi (laughs) yeah and i'm like yeah 100 that's amazing yeah perfect there we go great job Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I'm very excited to see whatever he makes next. I, I, Me too. Okay, so if we're going chronologically a little bit, I guess that's how we started. Mm. But in May 2021, I believe, you visited the set of Spaceman, your fir- the first set of the first screenplay you've written that's been produced. Yeah. But was that 
Was that just a an overwhelming delight, I imagine? It is insane to walk into a space where there are, I mean, and this is a big, complicated movie, probably 150 people working very hard to make something that you imagined happen. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's uh, really a head trip. It's really wild. Um, and I think a big part of what got me into movies was as a kid uh all the like movie production books or like behind the scenes stuff or like that was always the thing that was like most magical to me was like how did they do it and yeah. to walk around a set and see like the production designer be like here's the manual for the spaceship that i created <laughs> is like <laughs> such a crazy thing this man had to sit and think about and figure out what the manual looks like because I wrote a sentence that says he looks at a manual. Um, <laughs> it just is so, so, so trippy and, and special and weird uh, to see. Uh, to see art happen ever is really cool. And then to see something that's happening at a big scale is just like, a wow, the magic of the human brain and ingenuity, you know? Yeah. You can do anything if you get enough people and time and energy and money into making something. It's really wild. It's really, really wild. <laughs> and even on a base level, too, just going out there and being like, oh, this is real. It's real. Yeah. This yeah. is really they, happening. They built a spaceship, uh, you know? The movie's called Spaceman. There is space, and they built a, the interior of a spaceship. It's crazy. It's really nuts. <laughs> and you got... Of the three people, I don't know how many people are in the movie, but at least of the three announced, Adam Sandler, Carrie Mulligan, Paul Dano, which are, holy shit. Yeah, a couple people that, you know, really are breaking out. Eventually, people will know their <laughs> names. Yeah, you got... Stars. Somebody who might just be nominated for an Oscar this year, or two people, quite frankly, who uh -huh. might get nominated for an Oscar this year. Well, and one of which is three. They're all competing, yeah, sort of, for, you know, they're all in awards films this year, which is pretty crazy. And all three are pretty great performances. I mean, you got Spielberg's dad, of course, in the film. Uh, one of the Paul classic Dano. cinema characters. <laughs> <laughs> A possible cuckold, question mark? What? <laughs> uh, and then she said with Carrie Mulligan, which is, she's amazing. She's always amazing. And she's a tremendous, tremendous actor. Yeah. I mean, they're all great. And it, um, Sandler was first and then every, every single step of making this movie, you know, um, from them, from Johan signing on to direct it to Sandler signing on to be in it to then Carrie signing on to do it to Paul Dano signing like every single element was this weird puzzling together for me internally of like oh my god they want to do it and then that yeah. just sort of kept happening <laughs> um into the point where we have like a tremendous cast of very talented people making this spaceman movie that's so exciting I can't imagine too that how big it is obviously from a financing standpoint and just the business element of it but when somebody like Adam Sandler signs on to a movie, that must get the attention of a lot of other actors about, oh shit, Sandler's in this? What is this? Interesting. Yeah. And the yeah. momentum that creates. Yeah. I mean, you know, there is um, the business of Hollywood is very like, who's doing it? Who's in it? Who do I know that adds value to the project? And I think Johan wanting to do it after he made Chernobyl was a huge like, wow, this could be something really special and interesting. Um, 
and then every single element after that sandler and on and on have been these weird stamps of approval of like wow people important people with good taste want to do this and like every time you have one more person <laughs> it just sort of helps yeah. be like hey there's look at this <laughs> also yeah. he likes it <laughs> yeah and the idea too that that at least from the three actor standpoints like these are not people that <laughs> they make bad movies like they're they they know no, they seem to really have no. a sense of what good quality like good material is like all of them to to a person it's pretty impressive I think all three of them have really impeccable taste. It's pretty. It's pretty wild. Yeah, I don't. I I can't really think of a bad Paul Dano, a bad Carrie Mulligan. Um, no, one could argue about Sandler in terms of like if you don't like his comedies, but uh, he has really perfect taste as far as what he wants to do and knows how to do it. Yeah, agreed, and also. He's very purposeful in his more dramatic acting role choices too. Like he doesn't yes. just do anything by any stretch. I mean, it's only in recent history that the amount of more dramatic roles he's done has gone up in numbers because they're so low relative to everything else he's done, gone up exponentially. So, you know, it's really exciting to see this. Not necessarily like this. It, he's always going to do comedies as well. I'm not saying it's like turning a page, but for him to seemingly be at the very least more open to that stuff is very exciting. It feels to me like we are at the at a sort of beginning of um, sand like a, a Sandler Renaissance. You know, I think yeah. he's really he seems to be really invigorated by getting to do some some challenging acting, and I think we're also lucky to get to see him do that because he's really really good at it. No, I completely agree because it really did. Knowing now how much time was in between some of the more dramatic parts. It felt like it was great to have. Don't get me wrong; like I loved them, but it did feel like a little bit of a tease because you knew what was in there, what was mm-hmm. what he was capable of, and you're just like, man, I would just, I just really want more of that. And then you get something like Uncut Gems, and you're like, holy shit! Yeah, thank you. It's <laughs> such a good reminder that he's so he has this all these tools in the toolbox that we we want to see on screen. Yeah. One thing too that I I was struck by whenever I'm reading your two medium posts that were mm. your life as a screenwriter for 2021 and 2022, kind of month by month. It's really fascinating to read. Highly recommend it. And I was really struck by, and it makes sense. I just thinking about it, but then also reading somebody saying that this is what it's kind of like in their experience are two different things. But mm. I was really struck by how much of the job, I mean, obviously writing is a big part of it, but it's just gaining traction, keeping the plate spinning, keeping all of the projects in line. And I was also struck by, how in some ways projects are seemingly never really dead. It's like you can get a meeting and then it doesn't necessarily go or it just stops inexplicably. And then you're just like, oh, well, two years when this thing that is too similar to what this might be is forgotten about, we'll go back to it. Like, it just seems like it's a lot of spreadsheets or something, a lot of project management on top of writing. I literally have a spreadsheet that is just like, these are, this is my... And I, I just started a production company. Um, but even before that, like this is my like slate of projects because it's it's actually too many things um, to keep track of. And so yeah. many of them are things that um, are like half figured out or a third of the way figured out. And then you get distracted with other stuff and forget like, oh, right, that thing that I wanted to do that I just got busy and forgot about. So I have a huge spreadsheet of just like 
this is the Colby Day development slate. <laughs> yeah. And uh, every couple months I'll go through and be like, oh, right, that thing. I should check on that. What happened? Because you're spinning, you know, 10 things at a time. Yeah, and it reminds me of what they say about like actors on set, that it's hurry up and wait. And oh, it feels like boy. that a little bit. It feels like that Hollywood, there's a similarity baby. there. Yeah, and what you're doing, because it's like, no, we need this now, now, and then you hear nothing about it. You're like, oh, yeah, that thing again. And then you meet back, and then you repeat or whatever. Like, it just seems like it's a, a very jarring yeah. experience in some ways. Well, I mean, to that end of things don't, things don't necessarily disappear. Like, I, you know, the script for In the Blink of an Eye is something that I wrote and was on the blacklist in 2016. And then just this uh, winter was announced that we have a director and are going to go into production hopefully and that's you know a six year <laughs> journey <Yeah. laughs> so these things don't disappear but they you are constantly trying to like do the sisyphean task of pushing the boulder up the hill and then in the business of movie making it sort of is like four different boulders <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well it's funny too because like it feels like it's come full circle at this point with this was the thing that gave you a lot of momentum in terms yes. of getting in, kicking the door open, or at least getting your foot in the door. And then all of these projects came or, or writing assignments and possibilities and opportunities came out of that. And then now yeah. it's come around to where it's like, oh, there's a director attached. It's going in pre-production, looking to film in spring of this year. Yeah. That's holy shit. Yeah, it's really crazy. Um it's it it's a very wild ride and i think um everything everything in 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 making a movie is is timing and luck and uh i think it just that the we suddenly had exactly the right director and he had exactly the right amount of time and we lucked out into someone saying yeah that sounds like a good idea <laughs> so yeah. it just is um you know, obviously things have to be good first or, uh, you know, their quality is a part of the equation, but so much of it is is then just sort of contingent on like right place, right time. No, I can imagine. And to your point about out of all the filmmakers you can get, it really, from my perception of what the script is, not having read it and just reading like the basic log line of it, but I'm like, <laughs> seems like a great thing for Andrew Stanton to make. So here's the crazy thing when you started to introduce the show is I forgot that he was a multiple time Academy Award. <laughs> Look, like I, I forgot I knew, too. <laughs> I knew I knew he was, but I forgot that he was multiply, so <laughs> one, two Oscars nominated for six. Uh yeah, pretty good at making movies. That blew my mind. I didn't I knew yeah. like I knew he won for Finding Nemo, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But then you look and it was like, oh, he was nominated for best writing for the original Toy Story, mm -hmm. which I didn't even mm -hmm. know. Like, holy mm -hmm. shit. This guy has made some movies. Um, no, I, I could not be more excited to work with someone. He is the perfect fit for it. Um, the In the Blink of an Eye spans um, early man through to the distant future. Uh, it's all a lot of stuff that I think Andrew has been interested in for a lot of his career, honestly. Um, yeah. and he's in a place where he's very fortunate in the, you know, and very good at doing what he's done. And I think wants to, 
kind of similar to Sandler, like get to push himself and do new stuff. And so this felt to him like a chance to, uh, I don't want to speak for him, but I think is a chance to, you know, do something um, ambitious and, and really stretch as a filmmaker, which is so exciting. I got to tell you too, that John Carter, a movie that I saw when it came out, I think that movie gets uh, un, uh, unfairly maligned. I think it's an unfairly maligned movie. I really yeah, like that rap. movie. Yeah. It really does. I think the economics of it really took on a life of its own more than anything, but there's a lot of good stuff in that movie. I really enjoy it. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. Uh, you know, I don't believe, despite the film being financially not very successful, I don't believe it ever was like an over-budget movie. I just think they put a lot of money into a movie that not a lot of people <laughs> seemed to care about. Yeah. Um, which, uh, you know, is like the business of Hollywood is very hard to predict what people are going to want to see. But um, he's a That's good To your director. point, it's he's about timing sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah, really and, is. yeah, and who knows with a different cast or in a different year or if they'd spent a little bit less money, We there's no way to know. <laughs> it's impossible to like a Monday morning quarterback a movie. It really is. It's so hard to figure it out. No, I can't imagine. I mean, just as <laughs> as I was saying earlier with uh, the Twitterverse being like, oh, is Spielberg good though? There's, <laughs> it, there is definitely going to, I could yes. absolutely see something like, with but with like is this movie actually like low-key great with that being about john carter and by the way fair enough maybe i'll post that myself i think i really enjoy that movie a lot let's reclaim it i haven't seen it in a few years but let's reclaim it it's low-key great it is okay now this came out as of the time of the release of this episode yes nigh upon three days ago your short lead follow Yes. I watched it for the first time today because I wanted to experience it the day we're fil- we're going to be recording this. I watched it. I watched it twice. It's great. <gasps> it's so good. It's really, Thank really good. You. Thank you so much. Genuinely. I loved it. Thank um, you. And some of the notes I wrote down, these are very basic mm. in the moment notes. Sam Nelson Harris and is it Della Saba? Is, how do you pronounce yeah. her name? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Della Saba? You got it. They're... Mm-hmm. They are individually great, and they're together. They are great. Like, they are killer. I can't imagine so how important good. that was to nail that casting because everything, I mean, there's so many elements going on, but if you don't have it there, then it kind of is prospectively dead on arrival, but they're great. Yeah, I mean, it's a two-person movie, so you really, you can't uh, you, you can't get anything wrong as far as who you have in it. <laughs> um, and they are both tremendous. I knew Sam from college from long ago and he was a theater major and then has sort of transformed over time into a, a rock star in his band ex ambassadors but um yeah i knew he wanted to be acting more and uh he i made him audition even though we were friends and he was so so good <laughs> and um everyone was like wow he's great and i was like yeah i know i told you <laughs> um i knew he would be great uh, and then Della was, um, you know, is on that show, the Apple show physical um, with Rose Byrne and is so good in that and is a is a theater actor um, sort of first and foremost. And um, the, the short, you know, the film is all sort of movement and dance and, and it's one take. So it felt really important to have people who would good, you know, be good at moving and be good at 
being able to do it all sort of with the with uh, you know with strong memorization skills as opposed to a scene at a time. See, I, yeah, I can't imagine what it is. Like, there's a there's a lot going on individually in individual scenes. I guess it's all technically mm. one scene with it all being one shot. But let alone to do all of that in succession. I, I imagine though that the theater background really for everybody helps that a lot both for yeah. you and the behind the camera but for them performing it it must help a lot yeah i mean it's much closer it's very weird in that as a film the production of it was much closer to doing a play we i i wanted a lot of rehearsal time which you know depending on making your movie you generally don't get um it's expensive and it's hard to get people together and add time but um, it was so much closer to doing a play and you needed everything to work perfectly um, and you couldn't really redo anything because we I decided to do it as a single take, which was very ambitious. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of it was sort of trans- translating theater style of workflow to film making, which was, mm. which was important and tricky. How many... Well, before I say that, my last mm. little arbitrary notes. Um, cinematography is fantastic. The lighting oh. is fantastic. Holy so shit. So good. Amazing. Uh, what is it? Sandra Muller? Is that her name? Oh, um, no, 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 no. Arlene, uh, Arlene Muller. Arlene yeah. Muller, who shot it, is, um, or was our DP, was, uh, is brilliant. I love her. She's a great cinematographer. Um, as I was looking for someone to do it, I was like you know, it, it's a single take. So that might be challenging. And she was like, Oh, I'm prepping to shoot a single take feature right now. So that sounds pretty doable. (laughs) I was like, Oh, cool. (laughs) You could do it. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Um, Yeah. She's really a a brilliant cinematographer. And, um, and then I have to shout out our, 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 our gaffers, um, uh, Adam, who, you know, shot, lighted, like lit the most complicated movie in the world. Um, and a lot of our set design and like scene changes are lighting. So it, it weirdly yeah. was sort of like the production design element that was most, they're all important, but one of the most important to like tell the story. Um, and they had to do it all, you know, in the moment <laughs> as we were filming, which is pretty crazy. It is really incredible that the lighting isn't just affected in terms of communicating where we're at the type of day it really establishes. It's not to be like the, uh, New York is really the character in the movie, but the lighting mm-hmm. really acts as one in terms of giving, informing so much. Yeah. And, but it also looks very accurately like what that would be. Like it's acting as the set ostensibly. Yeah. I think and it's, it's pretty both incredible. The set and it, the film kind of transitions from ideally transitions from like abstract and unnatural to very natural. And so Mm. I think that the lighting was doing that too. So it's weirdly doing like the storytelling and kind of like the thematics. Um, I think it's lifting, doing a lot of heavy lifting that the lighting doesn't always have to do in a movie. Um, Kind of rested upon the, the lighting for this film, which is cool. It really is cool. And um, I also love, uh, again, love the score, choreography, obviously incredibly major parts of this that I also too love that because I was, I knew that there was 
uh, dancing elements while I was mm. watching it, but also like expecting it. Mm-hmm. And then at about mm-hmm. almost the exact, almost maybe like the exact halfway point mm. of the 12 minutes is when the dancing starts. Uh, I love that. And I love that, not to spoil too much, but the when they say they love each other, that's when they start dancing together. Mm-hmm. And then it takes mm-hmm. on, and then it's all become the tandem of it, like with the the meaning of it, the resonance of it, just adds this other layer. The whole thing is just great. It's oh, it's really impressive, you. really impressive. Thanks so much. I'm very excited for people to get to see it. You know, when you make a when you make a short, um, it's so much time and energy and effort, and um, and then they kind of can vanish so i'm i'm really excited that it's getting a little a little online release and um uh just want people to check it out because I'm, I'm very proud of it and i'm very proud of sam and della who are incredible in it and there's a lot of incredible stuff about it so I, yeah thank you i'm glad you like it yeah it's great it's great um and one thing too i was curious about that when you're writing it, when you're making it when you're thinking about all of the elements involved in something like this too, that are you approaching it from the standpoint of not just obviously and making the best thing you can make and wanting to do different things as a director or writer and, and get your vision out there. But you are, are you also thinking this is a, a perspective proof of concept of what I can do. So let's add these elements. Like mm. what all is the thought process going into making it? Yeah. I think for me, I had talked with my manager uh, I mean, a couple years ago now about, I also think I can be a good director and I want to be directing what, what should I do? I want to find a short film that I could make. And he was, I think wisely like, okay, well find something that really feels like your voice or, you know, is distinctly you that no one else could do. Mm. And, um, this was a originally a little short theater piece that I had written um, that he, I was like, okay, but I don't know what that is. And he's like, well, you'll figure it out. And then months went by and he sent me this play <laughs> that he had found on my own website. And I was like, I think you should direct this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thanks. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good idea. You're right. Um, but I think in, in adapting it, I was really thinking about um, I didn't want to direct something that didn't feel ambitious and that didn't feel um, unique. And, you know, I've worked with a lot of people on like little sketch stuff or movies that feel conversational. And I, I just wanted to do something that felt cinematic and felt like, oh, I get a sense that this guy, me as the director, can do something original and do something that that looks dynamic and interesting um, rather than, I don't know, I didn't want to do something that just felt really natural. Yeah, um, that's I interesting. I wanted something that felt bigger and stranger and more impressive maybe is the word. And that, mm-hmm. you know, um, just in terms of like uh, you want to capture, here's why you would hire me. <laughs> and... Yeah. Um, so putting this short together was partly an exercise of like, what, what is the most ambitious way I can do it that I also think I can achieve? Um, and you know, I think doing it in one take and doing it with dance felt right to the story. 
um, or I wouldn't have done them, but also felt like good filmmaker challenges of like, oh, this guy is trying something that's interesting. And to your point, though, like it doesn't feel, you know, like with, with the oneers, as they call them, that sometimes it's become a kind of a thing in TV shows or movies to where sometimes it's kind of like, it, yeah. it does. Like sometimes it really works well because you don't get the tension that, or the, the relief that can come with like a cut. And so it does organically facilitate the story where you're doing, like it has a purpose. It can. But at a certain point, it also felt like for some, it's like a test of ego. I'm <laughs> like, oh, you did it eight minutes? <laughs> yes. I'll do it 13. You know, like it's, totally. it's like, well, cool. Does that really do anything? But, but, the, but my point is that when it's utilized in the whatever this means correct way or in a more mm-hmm. organic way, it's incredibly powerful. And I think it works yeah. really great with this. It's a very effective way of using it, I think. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it felt like um, every weird creative impulse I had, I tried to also kind of view through the lens of like, is this is this telling the story though? And mm. I, I think that having dance, you know, was like a critical part of how to tell the story. Falling in love is a dance. Um, and I think that having it all kind of flow as one scene in one take similarly, you know, is doing something that I think the piece would work, would not work as well if we were cutting and having different scenes. I just don't think it would be as the same story. So, um, yeah, it was a, it was a creative challenge for sure, but I, I think hopefully, um, is doing some of the lifting as far as like the, the storytelling itself. No, I, it, again, I was going into it like, I, please, I want to like, I want to like this so much. Gonna talk about <laughs> it. I want to like this so friends. much. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, it's like, please, oh, man, I want to like this so much. And from the sense I got of it, you know, for the year plus when I became aware of it, you see enough stuff and get a sense of like, oh, I'm going to like this. I bet I'll like this. Mm-hmm. I bet I won't like this. So I already had that going into it. And then I watch it. I'm like, oh, this is, <laughs> it's not just like, oh, thank God. It's also like, oh, this is really good. This is oh. awesome. And then you watch it again and you can appreciate it, you know, now that after you get that first wave of what is it, what are, you know, what are the elements? Yeah. And then you rewatch it and you get to really enjoy it. And it's just uh, a very impressive confluence of these great performances again. And just, a real technical achievement of it, not just from the one take standpoint, but the music's great. Choreography is great and really interesting in the way it, it coincides with the story itself mm-hmm. and the trajectory of this relationship in this 12 minute uncut uh, shot. And then also again, that lighting is incredible. Holy shit. <laughs> it's so it's, it adds, it, it's just like your, to your point, it adds so much more than I'm used to with lighting. Not that I'm undermining yes. the importance of lighting, but it's, it's taking on a different... I've never really thought about the full capabilities of what lighting can do in this way. So it made me appreciate it in a different way, which I thought was great. Yeah. You know, I think that um, there are... I feel like it's, you know, light and sound are stuff that, you know, you desperately need for something to work, but often are the kind of, like, forgotten workhorses of a movie. And... Yeah. um I think this was something where like those two were like integral parts of would this or wouldn't this work. And I think that that made it a really fun artistic challenge for everybody uh, in a way that like, you know, not all short films are 
give their uh, gaffers like <laughs> free reign to be like, you are the person telling the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I need you, please. Yeah. You are it, the it doesn't... critical component of Wilda's work. <laughs> no pressure, but thank you. Um, it does remind me too that in a way about how an actor can be in a movie, a ton of movies, but then they finally get a role that like puts them at center stage. Mm-hmm. And as much as you've seen them before and you notice them to a certain extent, you don't get the full understanding of what all they can do or how powerful they can be. And then you see them in that role and you're like, holy shit. And then yeah. you go back and rewatch their movies and you realize how good they are. They just weren't put at the forefront. Uh, you know, they're at the supporting actor or whatever. And it does remind me of that, of just like, oh, this going forward, I'm going to appreciate lighting more and what all that contributes, even if it won't be at the forefront necessarily as much as it was, you know, in the yeah. case of this short. Yeah, totally. My um, uh, Arlene, our, our cinematographer, specifically wanted me to go through the script and you know the the lighting is like what tells us what scene we're in but I think we also were trying to kind of articulate like what is the mood of the scene what is the where are we in the story and and like the the lighting was a tool to give us a lot of information um because the film is in a blank void. <laughs> so yeah. um, it was one of the things, it was one of the primary colors we had in our palette was just like, what are we doing with the lights? So is that part of, was that just, um, was that a stage or a soundstage or uh, whatever the a studio built for that? Did you have to retrofit all of that around the space? Does that make sense? We, yeah, we, I, I pitched this to our team as like, I want basically like the blankest, emptiest void to be in. <laughs> yeah. And um, we found a space that really is designed for like commercial and music video stuff. And it's just, it is exactly what the film looks like, basically. It's just like white and empty and n no edges. Um, and then they had some pre-hung lighting, which was part of our decision-making of like, oh, it is both like, production design what we want and there is some lighting already here which would make our lives a lot easier um but i i always wanted it to kind of start in like empty almost like apple commercial <laughs> yeah um nothingness and then become like a real practical set um and so that was that was what we were looking for and we we this space was kind of like the perfect marriage of that it was really successful because, yeah, that's what I was curious about because I feel like, and I could be completely wrong on this, but I feel like I remember there was an Instagram post at one time of you visiting what I think was the location or whatever used for uh, the Dark Knight <laughs> where there was the background to it. Am I, should I not have said that maybe? I'm sorry. I, I just remember that. <laughs> I don't know. So I'm trying to imagine what space this is that you saw. But okay. It, okay. There, it's it's there, the set where it was them where it was like his his testing ground uh for uh oh, for the Batman where it was where he yes. shot his big heavy artillery where he had the bat it was yes. all of that the thing that got flooded yes. at one point in the later yes. movie. Um, we looked at a bunch of spaces that just felt like empty, right? So mm. we, I don't think we saw anything that was exactly that space, but we did see spaces that were like, okay, here's like empty industrial. Here's like empty theatrical. Here's okay. like empty white. 
and we were kind of trying to choose and pick between those and then this space had this huge light box overhead um above this empty white space and so that sort of became the like ah perfect it has the space we want plus like <laughs> we're automatically renting some lights which is helpful perfect yeah but i didn't go to the dark knight uh, the dark knight's exact home just a similar <laughs> okay fair enough just a I, similar I don't know space. Yes, yes i don't know why that stuck out my brain but uh it's been i can barely tell you what it's i did two days eye. ago but that is stuck in my head for some reason i guess uh I guess the Dark Knight had a bigger imprint on me than I realized, and now anything yes. even semi-Dark Knight related, I'm like, okay, going to save that and push out one important memory from my brain that I'll never remember <laughs> again. Perfect. Ah, uh, yes, the Batcave once again. <laughs> ah, my 13th birthday. Don't need that. <laughs> Delete. <laughs> and then a thing where I had to explain what it, what it was I thought I saw. Perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, well, we've gone... To the point of where I promised we will wrap it up. Um, first of all, congratulations on the short and Thank everything so else that I outlined <laughs> at the very start of this. Uh, it really is impressive. The short itself. Very excited for Spaceman coming out sometime this year. Very excited for a Blink of an Eye. Yeah, a lot of stuff to be excited about. There's very a lot to look forward to in the in the world of Colby Day. Um, yeah, I'm very excited about the short. I hope everyone goes and clicks the link and watches it. And, um, you know, it was really fun. So I'm in the midst of making all these other movies. I'm trying to figure out what's the movie that can be, you know, Mr. Day's directorial debut as a feature film. Um, so that is one of the, you know, now 25 plates that I'm spinning over my head (laughs) as I continue to try to make stuff. (laughs) The uh, file size of that spreadsheet only gets bigger and bigger. Yes, yes, exactly. I can't imagine. I mean, that's awesome. But just knowing uh, what to look at when and when to revisit. And also, I imagine, too, just what it is to like, it's been long enough. Maybe I can read this and then get a new perspective on it and know where to go with it now. Like, I, Right. Was I that there's a, good a fair idea amount of that. Two years ago, yeah. or is it still not a good idea? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I guess um, it really is the the theme of all this. Really, is just the timing for everything. Yeah, Can't you got to be good. You got to be lucky, and you got to do it at the right time. Yeah, and I imagine that what it is to write is just one of many things. Just in the world of a screenwriter, like what it is to pitch is a skill. What it is, know of who you know, where you know getting the ball rolling like all of that just is it feels like it's it's all part of the toolbox of what it is for yeah. the job and writing is just a part of it yeah absolutely yeah they're they're all interconnected skills but they are different and i think that um i don't know that as a young as a young up-and-comer i realized quite how much um you know needing to be good at business or needing to be good at uh pitching an idea or auditioning basically for for a job would be part of it but it's a big part of it it is it is a part of the job so get used to it colby (laughs) you have to either be good in the room or good on the zoom i guess uh (laughs) rhyme on complete rhyme truly unintended but nailed it yeah Yeah, there's my there's my screenwriter based bar for you um (laughs) okay now we gotta do the the steep decline no let's go to the 
landing of this thing. I'm going to turn to everybody. First of all, thank you again for doing this. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Time. Very much enjoyed the chat. Um, and now to you, the audience, thank you for listening. Watch this short, the link of which is in the description. Easy to find. 12 minutes on the dot. Watch it. It's great. You will love it. I guarantee you. It's great. Watch that. But thank you all for listening. Please stay safe. Please take care. Please be kind to yourself. And, uh, you know, leave with empathy. I would say if you can, just do that. Yeah, do yeah, that. Be good. Be good out there, guys. Yeah, yeah be kind to yourself. And uh, watch Spaceman in an indeterminate amount of months, but within the next 11. So I there's cannot that. say when, but someday. It'll be out there. It'll be just out watch there. watch it. Enjoy. Netflix. Thank you. Bye. Bye.